All right, and we're back, Homie Lover Friend Podcast, episode 47, and we have guests with us this evening while we're recording. We hey, have, y'all. We have uh, B's best friend T here with us. Say hi to the people, T. Hey, y'all. Yeah, so I ain't even gonna lie to y'all. This is take two, but we're gonna <laughs> go ahead and you know, we had a little technical difficulty on the first one here, but we're gonna go ahead and recap everything, and we're gonna tell y'all why we haven't been recording, which we do every episode now, seems like, and we're gonna get straight to it, because we got a lot of stuff to talk about, so um, yeah, what's, what we been up to, babe? Um, nothing. Okay. Nothing, nothing, nothing spectacular. We still we've actually been doing a lot of spectacular shit. I feel I'm like just saying, like we we have been hosting. Yes, we hosted. We haven't been hosting, but also we still we still trying to be safe. That too. Yeah. So, so we ain't really been doing nothing. To be honest, you would think that we would be potting more since more, we're here. Since we're home more. No. Look, you so this what happened. One would think. I'm gonna break it down to y'all. So we had, had all exactly. We had right. all the intentions of recording. Then we had this friends given that just low key came about out of thin air. We will tell you a little bit more about it. Oh yeah. But um, it came out of thin air, and we cleared our whole little recording table off because usually we keep our studio equipment on the table. Uh, we took all that shit down, and afterwards the dining room was looking really, really nice and just like really, really nice. I ain't gonna lie. Once adult. we got everything, yeah, it looked very adult. And we're like, yo, low key, I don't want to put that shit back up. But we were like, we need to record. We need to record. And I'm like, all right, well, we're going to get back to that old thing of having to take down our studio equipment every time like we used to. And um, yeah, so we were like, we're going to record Friday for sure. This is like no bullshit. We're going to do this. Today is Friday, guys. So we're recording here for you. We got our docket ready. We got the drinks on deck. We have Tierra in the building. So Mm -hmm. let's go ahead and get to it. So, um. Friendsgiving. Friendsgiving. Let's go ahead and just talk about that. So me and Brittany, literally, every time, so they even go back even further. Every time we go out sometimes, if we go to a nice little fancy place or if we see that they have some type of cheese plate or a charcuterie board on the uh, menu, we'll always order it. Right. It's a good appetizer. Yeah. It has a little bit of everything. I don't eat half the stuff that come on the appetizer. And right. I'm not supposed to have cheese, but it's just always pretty. It is very And it always nice like looking. makes me feel like I'm doing it. I'm an adult. I have wine in a glass. I got, I got a lunchable. <laughs> you know right. I got an adultable. I got a, an adultable. <laughs> right. Write that down. <laughs> so I was like, um, yeah. So I was on what was I watching? You oh watching no no no. I was on YouTube. YouTube watching my weekly videos of how to cake it. Because I love watching Yolanda. It's this girl. She's from the, well, lady. She's from Canada, and she makes, like, crazy cakes. Like, she'll do a SpongeBob uh, cake. She'll do a cake with pie inside of it. She just, like, she she makes really, really good and, like, gorgeous and just artsy cakes. And then, for some reason, the algorithm said, oh, you like cakes? You must love charcuterie. So it started. So it started playing videos of people like make. It was a lady who made a charcuterie board, and I was like, "Oh, that's nice. That looked good." And then I saw another lady. And I came in the room. Maybe two. <laughs> and was like, "Yeah, we need that." No, yeah. you saw when uh, the other lady made the bigger one. She made a bigger charcuterie board mm-hmm. for a party, and Bruce came in. He was like, "Oh, what's that? 
Oh, that looked good. That the looked one that good. got me though was the guy who kind of broke down how to do a cheap and an expensive one. Oh yeah, it was and the guy who did like, like yeah. a thirty dollars charcuterie board and then a hundred and thirty dollars charcuterie board just by using different types it of still cheeses. Came out the same okay, because I'm it like, just, right. It looks beautiful though. And then it's once we started seeing that, it just went crazy. And then we saw this lady who did what they call a grazing table. And it was basically a charcuterie board, but for multiple for a party that she was throwing on the middle of her table. And I was like, oh, I want to make one of those. And then Bruce was like, we need to make one of those. And I was like, we're not going to eat all that food. He was like, yeah, you not. You right. We not. We should just invite some people over and have them make it. And I was like, oh, a friend's giving. And then that's how I birth. <laughs> that's how friends get the algorithm. The like, algorithm got me. We got yeah. food. We got Pinterest and YouTube. Yeah, bro, and we're gonna have tell a party. You we went down the <laughs> rabbit hole. The rabbit hole. Like literally, when me and Bruce were talking about it, his mom called. So and this she was the, like, "What are y'all doing?" This is the thing about Brittany and I. So. You, they say all the time that you date people that's like your mama. My mom is a... Uh, or with girls, they say you date your dad. Yeah. Whether that's good well, or you bad. Know what I mean. you, yeah, not, I, I follow. I like, follow. I got you. Not literally they have the the word, some, but they some have the same quality. Yeah, yeah. So my mom is a wedding coordinator and da, 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 in her spare time. Like, that was her hobby. And then Brittany's father and family, they just throw elaborate big mm-hmm. ass parties. <laughs> like elaborate. She, you Uncle know. Larry's fish. Oh, yes, exactly. yes. So... <laughs> Every 4th of July, I was Brittany and I, whenever, say for instance, when Brittany had went and got a tree, she didn't know that I was going to be the man that was like, she thought I was going to be the man that was going to kind of keep her calm and be like, no, we don't need all that. I'm the type of guy that like, you no, need no, to you need that. And if we're going to do it, we're going to do it all the way. And we ain't anybody mm-hmm. to do a half-stepping yet. You got to have this one, babe. Like, da, 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 throw that in there, too. Don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. Next thing you know, something that was going to be like a $50 tree ends up being like $200. Right. And it is what it is. Because I'm just so used to being around my mom and decorating all the time that I know what's supposed to look right and I know, you know, how she's supposed yeah. to be. And then, me being a mama's boy that I am, I always like calling my mom when we do projects and shit. And my mom is no better. <laughs> what happened when we called my mom? She took... Oh, y'all need it. To... Oh, my goodness. That is gorgeous. What is that called again? Y'all... That's some beautiful shit. <laughs> She's like, oh, but, but if you do it like this, you got to make sure that y'all going to send out, and y'all going to send out oh, invitations. Oh, she said, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> she was like, are y'all going to send out invitations? I said, ma'am, it is 2020. We don't send out paper no more. I was right. like, I can do an like, email. If you do it, you got to do it with oh, a nice burn burlap. Lap. <laughs> she wanted us to send out. That's, say that for the wedding invitation. Right. Oh, she wanted us God. to send out burlap invitations because when we explained the idea to her, she we was said like, about a she knew paper. what a um, yeah. she knew what charcuterie board was. But when we talked about grazing table, I was like, think about that, but taking up your whole table. And she was like, what did it look? What would it look like? So we sent her pictures on Pinterest. She's like, oh, oh my, my God. God. This is right up my alley. <laughs> and it's just so elegant. <laughs> That's her word. <laughs> she said elegant all the time. And she was just like, and when you, you got him, oh, your silverware, when you put the silverware, you got to roll them up. And you can um, use, your, use your cricket to print out a little leaf cutlet. And you can tie it, <laughs> string it on I the ribbon. And she Ooh, was just God. like, on and on and we were just like okay it'd be so funny because Brittany all the time just be thinking I'm a man that don't really know how to do much that I don't be thinking that that was in the beginning of our relationship 
when we first moved in, we didn't have no pictures. We didn't have no sconces. We didn't have nothing. I'm just like... Did this nigga know how to use a hammer? That's what she was thinking. (laughs) Then she went home with me one time and saw my mom damn near had me build a goddamn house. And she was like... Oh, you do know this. So, so where Brittany was this was at home? There. Right. I'm in that motherfucker hammer. She had the hammer. <laughs> boo, boo, boo. Nails. She right next to me. Like, drill. She like, I ain't signed up for this shit. Yo ass power washing houses and putting she up that She made him power curtains. wash the garage. Uh, the floor of the garage. She was like, I ain't even know you were so damn handy. And now seeing me do all this shit Bet. with like decoration shit. It was funny. She probably looked at you in a whole new light like, mm. I hope mm. so. I hope so. But look at my Bruce. Like we was uh tiny damn ribbons and shit. And then she <laughs> saw me take the scissors and coil like goddamn little coils and shit. I know that shit was like she was like, what the fuck you know? How the fuck you know to do that? But yeah. Nah. Like watching my mom do shit like And that. when we were at the store, like we were telling her every little piece of what oh, we're gonna get this and we're gonna get that. Next thing you knew, she had she had bought us a honey, uh, the honey cone yeah, dripper everybody thing. Everybody kept dripping across the table. Yes, the, the oh dispenser nobody dispenser knew how to use. Syrup. Oh, that debacle. I mean, y'all need a disclaimer because I picked it up and was just like, okay, let me press the button and I'm wondering why it ain't coming out. And then I look down and I'm like, oh, the shit. The whole damn jar <laughs> empty on the table. Uh, yeah. Levine <laughs> tilted it. But that's what I did. I was like, I was pressing back. it and it was coming out the back and it was coming from the top. And it was like all over. I think it got into to one of the cream cheese the containers. Cream cheese, yeah. That jank was so funny. But oh, I had yeah. a good time. I enjoyed myself. So, from T's perspective. I, I always have a good time when I come over here. So, yeah. so yeah. how was it when you saw the table? You saw the First atmosphere? Off, I got here late. I was on CP yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, when I got here, all of the delectables, most of them were, you know, kind of dug into. Yeah. But it was still very, very good. Um, <laughs> everything looked so presentable and put together, you know, the decorations, the, the decor, the <laughs> okay, games, Grammy Julia. you know, <laughs> you know, that's what she do. But no, everything was nice. It was, it was good. And the atmosphere, the people were, you know, it was a good group of good people. Little mix, good yeah, little mix. Yeah, like you had a good little mix. And it's like, I didn't know most of the people here. I only knew y'all. Mm-hmm. And maybe nay. Right. And it was like, oh, okay, this is just feel like family. Yeah. Hey, what's up, family? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think we found good friends, though. Yeah. And they always, always, like, they always mesh together. Like, we had a thing um, <clears throat> with Nay and Shelt for a little bit. They was kind of, like, leery of being around our friends because they didn't know. Yeah, you know. Especially with Shelt because he, <laughs> he, had, he had, we had just got to know him, and he was, like, starting to get to know. Open oh, we had, I don't even know we if we had met him. But he was just, like, a little, just, you know how people know. are. Apprehensive yeah, it's hard to make friends when you're an adult. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You don't know how you're going to vibe with people. Because you don't just get, walk up to them like, you five, like, hey, you want a cookie? You like, want to play? Like, right. uh, this is so my friend. When he was around, it was like, our friend groups always just mesh well together. But I had fun. And I feel like every time we said we was going to only do one thing, mm-hmm. It was like either you suggested something or I suggested something or his mom suggested something. And then in the back of my mind, I was like, I didn't even get a 30th birthday party. That's all I kept thinking. I was like, this is going to be like the birthday party that I couldn't have because of COVID. Well, it was great. It was great. Especially six degrees of separation. That was fun. (laughs) That was really fun. I liked liked creating the names for that game. I had a great time. We were trying to figure out who had the people... Who have like, the people what were? Are you I was talking like, about? Mm, let me 
I know this person from a TV show. Cause y'all know I don't really watch TV like that. Last time I watched TV was two thousand. So <laughs> right, you talking about shit from the OC? Exactly. I was like, oh, from uh, was it the, not the was it the Hills? The yeah. OC, wasn't it? It was right, like one it was of them shoes. The the Hills. Mm-hmm. It was like Just, the Hills. Yeah, I was like, oh. yeah, but to kind of double back on it. So when we invited everyone, when everybody got here, they was actually on the time that we wanted them to be here. Yes. We kind of set the time early so they can get here we late. We stayed at brunch at 11.30, but it was a Saturday, and I knew people weren't going to wake up at 11.30. But they'll get here around 12, 12 15, 12.30-ish. Yeah. So they got here at the time that we wanted them to. The table was completely done. If you guys haven't seen the table, it is on our uh, Instagram page. Make sure right. y'all follow our socials, uh, Humble Over Friend Podcast. The pictures are there. The reels are there. And it was pretty. It was pretty dope. It and was nobody pretty epic, wanted guys. to touch the table. Everybody, yeah, everybody like, was walking so around. So we had the like, station where you go. Pictures? Like all of the silverware was pre-rolled. Man, Bruce had pre-rolled it. I had bought some like food service gloves and mm-hmm. like tongs so that trying to be as COVID safe, you know, as possible. Bruce's mom bought us a thermometer <laughs> so, so we can tempt people, people on the way in, in, which was hilarious. Because mm-hmm. I said it as a joke, and then next thing I know, she was like, "We ordered, I ordered you a thermometer. No, you got to be safe in these streets. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I ain't mad at you. We're going to tempt the people. So they came in, and like everybody was standing around the table holding their plates like, can we? I was they like, like we do I need to touch it. I was like, do I need to knock something over to mess it up so that y'all yes, can ma'am. know like it's yes, okay ma'am. to just dig in mm-hmm. and the lady on YouTube said that she was like with your cheese did you want to like cut some off so it looked like somebody's already been in it because people are apprehensive about messing something that mm-hmm. looks pretty up and I was all this dang on money we spent on this food Bruh. but y'all, y'all better they, eat it. they ate it because it won't none left <laughs> yes they, they did and what was so good was the cleanup <sighs> the cleanup we literally untaped the butcher paper rolled it up and threw that jacket in the trash. It was easy. And I was easy. like, oh, I can do this. I, I serve food like this all the time all if I can. And time. I think that's why that lady does. It's a lady that we follow called The Reluctant Entertainer. She's on um, Pinterest. And she has like a blog. A blog. Or what is it? Yeah. A blog is the right word when it's typed up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So she has a blog. And that's all she does. She has this big, I think it's like 32 inches in diameter and she do, does like hot dog charcuterie board she does all different kinds of stuff and she was pretty much the blueprint to us like figuring out how to bridge the charcuterie and the brunch stuff together mm-hmm. yeah so everything worked out really really well we were really uh proud of how it turned out the cleanup was a breeze we had drinks yes y'all did yeah. <laughs> we had so much that. drinks that we had a lot of drinks left over that we end up pouring out. Yeah. Because it stayed in the refrigerator for like two days. And that shit turned into goddamn. And when I shot. tell you, potent. it was so it was strong. So potent, Literally, you know when you sip. go to wine um fest and they give you them little cups. Mm-hmm. I had filled half of that cup up with the um apple cider stuff that Bruce made, and when I took a sip, I was sitting down and I was just like, mm. I mean, it was potent when you first made it, so I can only <laughs> yeah, imagine. <laughs> right. How it was a few days later. That yeah. was crazy. It was fun though. I was gonna say something, but I lost my train of thought. But moving right along. Uh, yeah. So friendsgiving. Oh, tips for friendsgiving. That's what it was gonna be. Um, uh, I can't remember what I was gonna say though. 
Don't buy a goddamn dispenser that pours out of the damn bottom. That's mm -hmm. one tip. Number one. Jesus Christ. Um, it was so cute. It, it, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. But <laughs> however, you needed a sticky note. We needed, yeah, we needed some rules or something. Cause a demonstration. Everybody yes. came in. The only person I was able to save from doing that shit was your brother. Because I saw him pick it up. And I was like, Aah! Well, the it thing is, he had bottom. already done it. Really? And I was like, no, I said, come from the bottom. Because I saw, I said, I just did that. And I'm, I'm looking for some paper towels. <laughs> oh. And he was like, oh, okay, I got it. I got it. Man, when he picked it up, I was like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but uh, it was it was fun, man. We had a nice little mix of people. Food was good. Yeah. Turned out right. Um, blah, 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 blah. Speaking of Friendsgiving, we can talk about our friendship. Like, how long we've been oh, friends. Yeah. TMB. Forever. Right. Yeah, um, I was about to say she got about twelve pictures in there with y'all in it. So, so what had I, I happened? I told her was, the conversation that you, the question you asked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lord, have so what had happened was Brittany didn't like me when she met me. At she all. always loves starting the story out like that. That's but you I mean. didn't. That's how it always. The been. only reason she started talking to me was because I brought my CD books to class, and she's like, "Oh, you like what I like? Oh, okay, we <laughs> can like be friends." Cause she won't talk that to me. Like you. I no, was a new kid. You can also say that you were quiet when T first meets people. I didn't know nobody. She's not. She's not. Hey, how you doing? You was new to school. I was new. She was mm -hmm. not. Hey, how you doing? I don't think you ever said. Hey, how you doing? You. I didn't know. No, the only person. Okay, so in my defense, again, I was new. I had. I was coming from being at Princess Anne to coming to Norview, which was a whole different type of atmosphere. It was a whole different <laughs> atmosphere. And then I get here and I'm like, the only person I knew was somebody that we wasn't at that when I got back, we wasn't all that close. So I'm just sitting there right. like, okay, you know, I guess I gotta figure out how to make new Did friends. Have mutual friends though? My whole school, Seriously, my right? whole family. We didn't know that until after I didn't know that until after the fact. Oh. Yeah, so we kinda like learned like once she actually talked to me, then we learned we had I don't know what you're shaking your head Because it had to be something. It had to be something to lure you in. I was like... Music. That's what right. it was. Because our teacher used to let us bring our music to school. You know, back then, you carried your CDs and the, the big yeah, CD and case I had the big jump. Some of y'all kids don't And know she had but... one, and I had one, and we had, like, I would say 75 to 80% of kind the kind of like same how DVDs CDs. Were? Yes. Yeah. Like, of the same CDs. And I was like, oh, you like him? You like him, too? And then we both... This was before Drake was Drake. Yeah. When like, I think you played oh, Replacement Girl on a mix, seat, mix CD so, or something. I, and I was like, you know this song? Because I was the and queen of finding it. like everything that nobody else could find. I had like, like that to this day. She don't want to listen to it if it's mainstream. If it's somebody underground, she will listen to it. And then when they get mainstream, she don't like them no more. It's like, it was the lime wire. Lime wire, wire frost wire. Anything mm -hmm. that was up there, I could find. And they'd be like, yeah, you got this tray? I could find I was too. like, oh, mm-hmm. I got this. You ain't got this. Yes. That was, and that was. That reminded me of when um I remember, yeah I remember MP3s and little small yes, ones. I yeah, you could fit like one song on the like one album worth. I mean, mm -hmm. one oh, album worth of music one. on it. Like I couldn't fit that much, but like probably it was like the clips. Uh, you talking about the hit clips? No, 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 no. You could fit. It was more than one song. I said that wrong. You could fit only like one album's worth of music, like on an MP3 songs. player. Maybe twelve if they're small, like short songs, and they're not that much memory. You could probably fit like twenty. And That's I remember a CD. When it's, you might have spent his bird, that bitch. But I'm saying, <laughs> though, but it was like, you used to have to go in there and change your music up on your MP3 every now and then because you can only fit so many songs on them, like, unless you had an iPad. Remember, no. I had an iPod. You I, had had an iPod a, yeah. I had a Sony Walkman MP3. That's the best. How many could you fit on there? 
It was a lot of. A I had, a, yeah, I had about thousands. I had thousands. On it? Yes. yes. And this was the small memory jump. She had like one of the smallest one, but she had oh, uh, I had, had one that was like a thumb drive. Yeah. No, no, mine's was it was yeah. Probably you probably about still had to big. hook it up by a cord or something. No, I plugged it in, hooked it up to the computer. Yeah, and yeah, I had a thumb drive, like a USB one. thing. Yeah. And it was about this long. It was about this long. See, and I had um the first thing I had. She was like a pager almost. No, the no, first one I had was tiny. small, and it was an MP3 player. I don't know what brand it was, but I won it at church, like doing like vacation Bible school or something. Zoom? No, it wasn't a Zoom because oh, I got I got my else. sister and brother a Zoom because you know how my mama is with technology. My daddy said he wanted a, a tablet and she bought him a tablet from uh from Big <laughs> from Lots. Biblical, biblical <laughs> 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 she bought him a tablet from Big Lots. And I was like, like with the commandments already. <laughs> I was like, you wanted a tablet, he bought you a Samsung. <laughs> <laughs> you flipped around. Okay, whatever. But you got she, Barney was, on the she back. was like, I'm going to get this. guy. <laughs> she was like, I'm going to get the twins of um, MP3 player for Christmas. He said, no, no, And no, I was I like, didn't. let me find like, the I remember one to that. Get. He was like, no, my mama. No, I, no. I got it. I got so it. So I got them a Zoom because you remember what Zoom's thing was like, you can be with somebody. It was like airdropping. Mm-hmm. You can airdrop mm-hmm. music from one person to the next. So I was like, they always together. Like, get them something that is compatible with each other. They're twins. Why not? So I didn't have one, but I had an iPad. I'm an iPod. But before that, I had like just a regular whatever, and I think it held like 150 songs, maybe. Damn, I had. Which I used to just rotate. I just used to rotate it out because I remember like going on bus trips to like Kingsman and stuff with my family, and like the night before, making sure I had the right amount of the right music that I wanted See, to I listen to. I didn't have that problem because when I say mine, she had a whole Because she had a whole I had, yeah. yo, that thing held everything. I still want another one. And it told yeah, you how many songs was on the... A lot of girls that's coming like, can I borrow your MP3 player? You talk- got shy on it and do edition. <laughs> I could put music on it, pictures on it, play the radio. Mm-hmm. Like, I could do everything up there. Mm. And oh, yeah, You had some fancy shit. But it was like maybe 60 bucks at Walmart. Like, if that... Somebody, look hard enough. I think either somebody gave me this or I might have stole it. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. I might have stole it. <laughs> but yeah, that was the beginning of our friendship. Music. And then we found out that both of us could sing. I don't know how we found out we sang. We got... We got I think we were probably just singing one day in the classroom or on the bus or and something then, like that. And for we, whatever reason, our voices like naturally harmonize. It's yeah. weird. Then we got sucked into that talent show. Yes, we did get sucked <laughs> into a talent show. And we sung The Boy Is Mine. Yes. And we no, lost. wait. No, no, no. It didn't start off The Boy. It was uh, Officially Missing You first. We were supposed to sing Officially Missing You. Three part harmony. But they wouldn't. <laughs> it was a three. It was another girl that we went to school with that T yeah, grew up TLC, with. See, huh? Oh, it, no, we didn't even have a name. It was just because well, the thing is, we got suckered into it. She was just like she wanted to do the talent right, show, right, right, right. And she came to school and had already signed us up, and we didn't know. She told us after the fact, and was like, "Well, since y'all are always singing, you know, and we're, we're friends, I signed us up." What? And we was like, "Huh?" <laughs> like I said, I was still new, so I was like, "And I had mean? been to that school for two years, and ain't singing nobody's talent show. It was in chorus. It was good. The whole fight. nine built character." And I was just like, I mean, if you do it, see, I'll do it. Yeah, so I was like, all right. And we did it. And we, and took we sounded in. good, though. Yeah, we sounded like, great. We auditioned. We sang a cappella. And like I said, because of the way our voices were, and me and the other girl, we sung in chorus together. So, like, I knew what her voice sounded like. And, of course, like, I knew where mine would fit. And it we made it into good. it. And then we practiced 
for like what a month almost mm-hmm. a couple weeks and then the last day she got amnesia and she forgot where practice was at and she was like oh y'all having practice at your house again and then she didn't show and then we ended up doing the talent show at the door yep mm-hmm. and t-mom was like y'all should just sing the boy is mine it was like that old song but we killed it though and she was like <laughs> if y'all do it right Ain't nobody gonna care how old it is. Like y'all gotta be. <laughs> they was like y'all gotta be in character. Like y'all actually beefing. Like I remember being yeah. at practice. She was like, "Why are you smiling? You, you are don't not like her, her right, right now." Um, yeah. <laughs> when yes. I say we had Joe Jack- Mama Jackson yes. between T's mom and my daddy, like I'm surprised we just didn't yeah. become famous because they yeah, they was they was OD. I had y'all singing on the treadmill with heels on. <laughs> they was Might OD. as well had. And, and if she got in trouble and I was with her, I got in trouble. And right, vice just, versa. That's I got my ass with we got <laughs> Right. I was and like, then bro, we did I don't we did, live here. <laughs> we did the talent show at Votech. And then we did the talent show at school. I think we did we win the talent show at school? No, we lost the talent show at school. But we won the talent show at Votech. Yes. And then we did the city of Norfolk. Yeah, they had like a teen, it was called Teen Idol. And then we auditioned for that and got into it. Mm-hmm. Did we win that? I th- no, we lost that. I think we lost that one too. <laughs> we lost that. But the well, next year. They didn't win much, but they was good. <laughs> but yeah. the next year they came back and they was like, we want to yeah. give y'all a set. And, and we had yeah. like, what, a 20 minute set? Because we did um, three songs. We did three? We did the Rihanna cover. Okay. We did a song that you wrote. You yeah, did a we, song that you wrote. Uh, and to, I just. To, uh, what was it? Um. Uh, Pop champagne. Yeah, pop champagne. <laughs> T was the queen yeah, of like. She she's, I can remix. A, I can T remix has a pen like. Business. You, her brother, your brother, and her could be motherfucking Ashford and Simpson. Out this month. <laughs> like she can write really, really well. I was remixing that. She she and she, she and she like. I still have notebooks of like. You remember when you wrote like songs for me in the? I have notebooks of I your have, songs that you wrote for me. I have. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. I remember. I, I mean, I always had a notebook. So I remember. I know I was spa- you wrote down. "Spare Me." I remember. Yes, Hills overhead. Of, yes, I wrote that. I, I recorded those two. Yes, and it was a couple other like remixes that you did over top of it was. It was a bunch was of Trey songs. I remixed last the whole time? Trey songs album. I remember that one. Yeah, that one, that one was fire. You should drop them shits like that dude that did the the answer to her. Him. It's an artist called him, <laughs> and he writes a response to every her song. It's on. I'll send you the link. And when I tell you this it's man hilarious. is fire, the songs are are good songs. Like he got focus. She got focus. I forgot what his was, but it's something to do with sight. It's hilarious. But we did a set at the Teen Culture Fest, and I just remember that one line: "Fetish for stilettos, and we walk right past you." Uh huh. And we slunked all that shit. It was so fire. <laughs> And I don't know what all these tapes are. I got to get my daddy to find because he used to record everything. Yeah, I sound like me and my brother, though, because, like, when we were in band, we bonded over that shit because it was the year I ended up playing cymbals, and no guys really wanted to play cymbals, but I played because I was good at it. And they was like, <laughs> we need some good cymbal players this year. Bruce, you got to play cymbals this year. I'm like, man, fuck. Wow, like, I'm good at it, though. It was cool. And then KKR was like, he ain't even marched there, but he was, like, our line leader or whatever the case was mm-hmm. at the time. He was like, no, nah, man, that shit gonna be sweet. We gonna be cool, cause he was like, I've been watching all these niggas from New Orleans, bro. We about to be the hardest niggas in the city or whatever. This is the first time I'm like even really like 
meet this day. I was real shit, but we clicked. And what ended up happening is we were going to the store to buy some gloves. So our hands wouldn't get uh-huh. fucked up while we was twirling or whatever. And I said something that had that nigga so weak that ever since that, we were fucking friends. I literally remember the joke, though. We were at... Um, Guitar Center? No, it was some fucking hardware store or some sporting goods place. It wasn't Dick's, but it was something like that. And uh, we were looking for some baseball gloves, and we saw something. I was like, what is this? Ostrich? And that nigga <laughs> died laughing. I said, what the fuck is this? Ostrich? And he just <laughs> fell out on the floor. He, he fell out on it the had, floor, It was bro. like in that moment. That, that and I remember like... since then, man, that nigga was cool, bro. Me and this nigga, we did talent shows together. We got like my mom. Well, my mom didn't even videotape this shit. I we used to just bring the camera to school, and my friends would record this shit. And we had videos of us coming down. Like, it's bro, we got a hell of videos. I tell, I tell everybody like, if my dad, like, if this, what was like the social media area era Era. now was what it like back then my dad would have been a vlogger because he recorded everything, everything. and he's always been that way like from the big I don't big, know how the fuck to play them shits now, the though. big uh, I call them news cameras yeah, <laughs> that you had yeah, to put yeah, up on your show my had dad had a tripod we did something he, did he, have the one we had to have the he adapter tape to put it like you put the tape inside the tape and then put it in the uh-huh, yeah. because they had the smaller ones mm-hmm. with those and then my dad got a machine from Circuit City that you can put a VHS and and you play the VHS and then it burns it onto a DVD. Oh, I need that. So he like transferred a lot of stuff and it's a um it's a company out there now who does that. It's called something box and it's you like send them like old shit. pictures or old videos and they put them on I MP3s or stuff. I'm gonna send them my but whole. But my dad was doing that jank before like when every when technology switched he would just switch it over. Well, I need some copy. Well, I'm gonna see if he can I find some because I don't even know how to play them shits, and it's just like we documented my whole our whole like even like before I even met them niggas, my brother had videotapes of like shit like even friends of ours their last day of high school and shit mm-hmm. like that. Now, we wasn't even in it, but it'd be their last day of high school. We just let them borrow our camera and shit. That's how my dad was like every the last week of school. My dad always gave me a disposable camera to like take pictures and mm-hmm. stuff, and even like um I lost my train of thought right in the middle of me talking. That's crazy. Disposable cameras and it's gone. Letting people borrow. It's gone. Yeah, it's gone. And my brother, it's so funny because this nigga made a mixtape back in the day called CGR because his nickname is Kangi, right? <laughs> and I have it. And he was like, last time I went home, he was like, bro, you gotta send me the fucking mixtape. He was like, cause if I fucking blow up, I gotta be on behind the music and we gotta have all this shit. And I'm like, bro, we, they don't even show behind the music no more, but if they ever you can do make something your own like documentary. It, we got all these fucking tapes, Beyonce bro. Beyonce has mad footage I mean, girls being a little girl. recording tapes of them, like, talking to us in the camera and shit like that. We have all that shit. That's crazy. Like, uh, keep it. Crates full of it. Keep it all. We're going to have it just in case he blows up. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Even just the, like, like the last time we had dinner at my dad's house, that's, yeah, we yeah, sat and we watched, like, old home family video um, home videos. My granddad was like that, They too. had a turn- a basketball tournament at my family cookout, and it was the couples going against each other. So my mom and my dad versus my Aunt Vita and her boyfriend, Mr. Jerome, and then whoever won out of the two of them. I think my uncle Larry and his wife played my cousin Kevin and his wife, and whoever won out of the two couples, they had to play each other. And we sat there. Yes, the whole we had a bracket. (laughs) Like like the ACC. 
I think my dad could take him for me. I'm about to say, if your mom and dad didn't win, then it's a problem. No, um... I think Kevin, I think Kevin and Kim won, but they did play my mom and my dad. They were the last two, but Mm. Kim was on the basketball team and Uh, Kevin was too. My dad didn't play basketball in high school. My mom played rec. And Kim like was really, she was, it was like she was a star. Yes. She broke her ankles. No, she ain't break her ankles, <laughs> but she did cross her up. And then it had rained the day before, so everybody was slipping and, slipping and sliding all over the place. Like they had church shoes on. Right. We coordinated a talent show in high school that, again, we got roped into because the same girl yeah. who signed us up we always got roped. We always got sucked into something. The same like, girl right. who signed us up for the talent show, it was a fashion show, had the idea times. to make a fashion show. And she was like, we can be like the Muses and Hercules, like in between the sets. We come out and we sing songs from the Dream Girls movies while they change the the. Oh, we had a Dream Girls routine. Damn, we was. And then at the last minute, she was like, "I think I'll just have y'all perform, and we don't do the Dream Girls." Why everybody was dropping out on y'all? It was the same girl, girl. the same one. She She should have been your motherfucking manager. She got us three times. Because all she would do is sign y'all up and shit. She probably couldn't even fucking sing. No, no, she she can. She can. She was just sucking out niggas in the door. She was at the birthday party. I'll show you a picture of her because yeah. you met her at my T's birthday, birthday party. party when we were at the skating uh, rink. She, she was got there. Three times like that because the first time was the first talent show. The second time was FCCLA when she was oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. "I got this idea," but she couldn't put it together. So we was like, "All right," like some dumbasses. We we <laughs> put it together and it won. It she, she her name was on it. She won, and in the next competition, they used our idea for the whole conference. What? They did. I forgot about that. It was go. the prompt for it, the um for the Willy Wonka thing. For the yes, bro. I totally forgot about that. And then the third was the fashion show. That and was we three. Was running around being our parents, pretty much. But that's the thing. Like me and T were raised so similarly that we were just gonna click from the beginning. Because T mom is the same way my dad is like if I know how to do something and I see that you need help doing something that I know how to do I can't sit and not give you my input about whatever you know I know how to do it still was the best one out of all of them because the rest of them sucked after (laughs) (laughs) it was dope though yeah and that was gotta love them that was 2008 no graduated no it was 2006 when we met because we were juniors. Yeah. 2007? No, 2007. No, six. We're a year older than you. Yeah. Yeah. And we seen a lot. 16, no, 15, 16, whatever. If it was September, then yeah, it was like 15. So, before we started the podcast, we had T watch the Fresh Prince reunion. Yes. Because we had it on the docket. So, me and B already know it. how we feel about it, but we're going to ask your perspective. It seemed heartfelt. I wish that they would have brought Janet in a little sooner. We felt the mm-hmm. same. Um, because I felt like, yeah, y'all had all these moments, but she was in... She was in the, 90% the, of the moments. Right. She right. should have been there from the beginning. No disrespect to light skin, have you? You know, but uh, you wasn't that... Mm, you wasn't that strong of a... Presence. Right, presence he wasn't that show. strong of a presence. The show like, low-key was literally on Viv and, and Will at the, in the beginning. Right, it was like, 
she the first one had so much presence and so much right. you know like energy and charisma and then you bring she this one the, and she's like Ugh. she had the Felicia Rashad presence right yeah. and you come and bring this grandma up there like it was like you brought Ha-ha, like, right out of my mouth. Like, <laughs> right. Like, it was crazy because it was like the whole character of Aunt Viv shifted. Really In my mind, did. I was like, if it you really replace did. somebody, why wouldn't you just make write the same give them the script. same script or type of but they behaviors the type of person. that you would exactly it fit her personality. Right, but I'm saying it's just it's just weird because she was dry, they made her dry. <laughs> and if we get it, Aunt Viv was Will's um not her mouth ambassador. Yeah, ambassador. Like yeah. whenever him and Uncle Phil would clash head clash heads, he would be like she was like, Oh Phil, you gotta remember like he's just a kid from Philly, he's learning, he's new. Remember da, 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 when da, we da. were his age. Right. And she came from that same life and was more like I ain't gonna they say hood. Did. But did. she was I know, but she was more in tune to that side of her. She it was easy to go there. You know what I'm saying? She was easy to switch the code switch back yeah. and forth. Well, they gave the show Dr. Good Phil duality. wanted to still stay cooth because he you was... You said uh, Dr. Phil? I meant... That's <laughs> <laughs> I want to wait a minute. <laughs> right. Because he, I was thinking judge in my mind. <laughs> doctor came out. But he was a judge, so he still wanted to remain with some cooth. But she was a mother cub. Like, when it comes to your babies, whether yeah, you birth them or not, you raise them, like attack mode. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that part of, that motherliness in the character, like she just got hella docile. She did. When it was, it was like, light skin of it. Maybe she it didn't was, have no lines. She did, Maybe, okay, so they show after when she was pregnant, she had the baby, all of that. So maybe it was, maybe they were trying to give her like, she switched for like postpartum. And she didn't even like, mother Nikki. But they didn't. That's what I'm saying, like maybe that was their logic, like okay, she we got a whole new character. That we bringing in, she's not the same person. Right. She just had this baby. Maybe her character was going through. Uh, but they never made that knowledgeable for a show that tackled the issues that they yeah. tackled. If that was the case, I feel like they would have wrote that into the script. Like they would have made it obvious by some conversation or storyline. It was Look, just that's a what I'm weird going with. Shift. You went from being this to being boring. <laughs> Super boring. It, it makes and, sense to me. Yeah. The shit is crazy because they had her up there. No offense to Ms. Reed, Mrs. Reed, because Brittany low key was like, it was real beef after she watched it. I was like, B, calm down. She didn't have nothing to do with it. Brittany was so mad. Light skin unviv could never. And I, ah, <laughs> I see that too. And I was just like, she couldn't. It wasn't her I fault though, good. but I do understand. No shade meant. to her at all because I, I know she she's meant. a good actress. I know she's like, as a person, her and her husband are philanthropists and they give back to this they, very well, area yeah. that I live in. Yeah. Yeah, and here. it's just like, and your alma mater. So it's just mm-hmm. like, I understand that, but I'm just saying from the perspective of a viewer of the show, it's like, y'all took the soul out of the show. They did. The show kind of got boring. They switched me. it to Carlton Will Hi-Jinx. Dynamics and hijinks and it went in a Family Matters direction. Yeah. When it was a Cosby esque mm-hmm. show with a little bit more, um, it was no, it wasn't it was Cosby. It was more of a different a world esque mm-hmm. show with a family dynamic. Cause you know how different world yeah. went over like AIDS and they tackled political issues like apartheid. They talked about all of that stuff in the show, but in a family setting. But it kind of switched to just like you said, hijinks after after they got light skin out of Yeah, because it's kind of like. 
like when they were going through and they said um how dark dark skin and Viv had the TikTok challenges of them trying to do like she has iconic moments. It's right. nothing that you can the think Tina about Turner and be like moment, right, you can't think of anything. sweater taking off her earrings mm-hmm. moment. At the like, oh, okay, this when is it was in the school and she was like, "Uh, I have a degree in da 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 and we read the uh the, the principal fulfilled and all that stuff. Or when they was harboring the fugitive and they was telling all the stories about how you remember they oh, didn't yeah. know she was a fugitive. Like, they oh, friend yeah. came, she was at Can't. the marches, oh, and they yeah, was yeah, all yeah, in yeah. the uh yeah, thing yeah. and they was telling like childhood stories. Right. Like she had memorable episodes. The fugitive. <laughs> That's what happened because the It seemed like it was more than three seasons though, don't it? Of her, Hell because yeah. she was so involved. And That's then the point. another point too. They had equal I feel time. Like they didn't bring the sisters around no more after uh, Dark Skin Unveiled left. To be honest, Light Skin Unveiled couldn't even hang out with them because they just it didn't yeah. You remember Will's mom mm-hmm. and the other sister? Like they would come and Dina. visit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like you're right because it's like we didn't bring her around no more. Bring them around because you can't even bring them around and then have them recreate that because it's not going to mm-hmm. feel the same. It's like. Really? really? It just, the vibe was gone. Like, man. you tried it. Yes. I was all gone. So, what did y'all feel about Will's and, um... Will... And Janet's re, he, uh, reconnection. It wasn't good enough for me. Bro. I feel like I need to watch Red Table Talk. Mm-hmm. But I don't like the way they did it still. I feel like they filmed it in a way that it was still safe because even on the red table talk, they edited it. They didn't have her at the red table and they just all hash it out. They played other clips of the interview that wasn't in the documentary and then Will basically talked his way through it. And from what I've heard, people who watched the Red Table Talk said that he leaned a lot on like, back then I was young and the coping mechanisms were like in my family dynamic when you know my dad was and my mom weren't getting along i used jokes and humor to soothe them over and he basically was like going through therapy he learned like that's how he used to mask pain he thought it was a coping mechanism but it was just an avoidance tactic so makes sense at that age this that and the third and i'm like yeah but what about Her three side. years ago when still could have said something to her then right or y'all was still y'all was still going back and forth on the internet yeah like there have been interviews where other cast members said something about her or you responded a certain way disparagingly when her name was brought up that let people know instead of just saying like this is a conversation that we should have and blah 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 i would rather have had a real authentic because it seemed like i ain't trying to be funny it was kind of like she was on some nice nasty like she wanted to buck for real so that that's just how I took it. it. Was like, so what about what about me? Like, how did you? He was like, well, I, well, I, sir, this is not the clear eyes for the. Uh, <laughs> like, well, I, I'm I sorry. Not the clear eyes commercial. Was, right, I, <laughs> I'm laughing at this shit. He said it's a nipple because I'm drooling. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know we watch BET in the background. Boomerang. Boomerang's on. <laughs> but yeah, I um, I I just. There's more to be desired of that story, and I feel like I got some more points. I feel like there should have been conversation off camera, authentic conversation between the two of them off camera, and then recreation of that conversation on camera. So, like, whatever you didn't want to talk about, we we can can still talk talk about about it, but but it won't be for the public consumption. Is it just me, or I feel like Uncle Phil would have been the one that kind of bridged that gap a little bit better? Yes, and my mom said she was like. 
it was always weird to her that they didn't reconcile during the time. And Uncle Phil didn't make them reconcile. I don't think he would have. 30 fucking years. I feel like he probably had a conversation with Will about it. I think so too. I feel like he would have definitely, man to man, had a conversation with Will because of the respect level that Will gave him. But how do you tell a man you need to reconcile with somebody who's out here trash talking you and your wife? Like, for all the maturity and growing that that family says they, you know, have, which I don't doubt that they have, it's still certain areas that you're not going to be perfected. And a 30-year wound? It's like, no. Mm-mm. Right. It just, it, it needed a little, um... Authenticity. They didn't, have, they didn't have her around enough. That's just what pissed me off. They kept her so isolated. Right. That's, from yeah, the whole... Like and even like, when they brought her in like, to meet other people, the show enough, they took the opinion. pictures... And, and then it was just them. Like she didn't see little Nikki yeah. when he came well, back. Well, technically he, she, she wasn't did. around with Nikki. Yeah, she won't around with Nikki. But my thing, I feel like this. Nikki was kind of pointless. He was like mm, a five second character. Boy, he didn't grow. But up they well. just wanted to see. Just and that's fine. Show him on. off a of character. Uh, Show him off camera. We wanted to see. <laughs> it was cool having Nikki there because everybody, know? everybody who watched it said, "Where little Nikki?" Right. Everybody yeah. said that. I mean, and it's cool to see him. But what people was wanted to see was. Janet and we wanted the, 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 rest the, of the, the, the news. Oh, Not we no gotta talk seconds. about the fact that the two of them had never met. And it, bruh, what the fuck? That lets yeah. me know that Daphne that is a wife. Be, yeah. Now she ain't really about this Hollywood shit. I know she was in some other stuff, but I'm just like, that lets me know right then and there. Or that they that had she, just blackballed black Janet yeah. so much yeah. to the point where they ain't even want them to meet each other. Uh, yeah. That's why I was like, impossible. you don't have any mutual friends. Y'all don't bump into a restaurant and like nigga just like in y'all got a whole production passings. company, so y'all just was like, we ain't hiring this nigga at all. Like, <laughs> right? That is she, insane. Nah. They blackballed dark skin up there. I mean, then you like to be honest, this gave me a, an additional appreciation of her. Like this gave me a whole appreciation of the show again, because uh, even with like Uncle Phil and his acting, how well of an actor that he was. Mm-hmm. I watched this show live when it first came out, so I was a, a kid, kid. I'm probably like five, six years old, saying, oh, we got to watch The Fresh Prince when it comes on. And I watched it, reruns and things of that nature throughout my adolescence and adulthood. But even with the appreciation now, knowing the level of television that I know now when it comes to like a different world and able to um, articulate how it shaped my life and then Cosby Show and articulate how that shaped my life, now I'm able to see like, damn, Dark Skin Unveiled was like, you know what I mean? Like she mm-hmm. was really, really a presence, a, a presence mm-hmm. in this show. And when they actually showed the clips and shit, you just like, well, I'll be there. And all the flashback clips had her in it. Ninety-five percent of the flashback clips had her. I don't even think I might not have been paying attention. She had when a lot of memorable spots. She was behind Uncle Phil every time. Every even time. when she has no like, memorable points. I don't recall seeing because that's what I'm like. There's nothing iconic about her when it comes they to that show. They took her off the show. They and took even her when role. they talked about um, when she was like, I heard of the show and they said it was starting a rapper and I didn't go to the audition. I'm thinking to myself like, Girl, you could have never even you. got the role. But I'm trying to be nice. You know, but then I had to calm me <laughs> down was like, it ain't her fault. I it's ain't going to hold it against her. Some stuff is not for you. It's not, and I, I like they tried that. to go in the exact opposite direction of the original, so there wouldn't be like, oh, we're trying to replace her type of thing. But, but you went did. so well, far in the direction far. where it that was just like the damn. They went so far because they labeled her as difficult. True. And they were like, we don't even want to give her that extra power. 
You know what I'm saying? There's so, a lot of colorism in that. It is a lot of extra There's colorism. There's a lot of colorism. It's hidden colorism that. behind it. And it, and it kind of is sad because it's like, damn, are you saying that light-skinned women are, are more docile? More docile? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not dealing with a docile woman right here, so. It's just weird. Turn up right here. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, though, yeah, it's good, though, man. Like, y'all, if y'all haven't watched it, please watch it. Yeah. It'll make you cry. It'll make you laugh. Just reminiscing. Uncle Phil, that was a... First things first. You know what I'm saying? Rest in peace, Uncle Phil, man. It was a, it, he was a big presence in it, and you really felt his absence right, during right. that reunion. Yeah. And they reminisced about him, and boy, when Jazz cried, it took me out. T had to leave the room. Yeah, I did. T I was already about to cry. I was like, mm-hmm. not doing it. <laughs> y'all ain't going to have me in here doing this for y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a thug. Can't do it. a little thug. She don't ever cry. I'll be over I here. do cry. But not at stuff that's... Stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, I don't... Shit, we was watching uh, Voices on Fire. I cried about I six cried times. I cried the whole time. I cried about six times. times. I was like, Brittany, the I ain't tell you, but I cried about six when times. When Dan Lee came out and she was singing Yes, Jesus Loves Me. I Boy, cried. that told me up on the inside. And Bruce over there like this. <laughs> that was me. I was like, look out the corner of my eye. I ain't saying shit. I was like, he having, cause I was getting goosebumps when she was when she was. Cause singing. I knew what that was, bro. I was about to start like, worshiping. <laughs> it's also my, that's my. I'm not gonna say my brother's friend, but I've spent time around her via my brother because yeah, let's they talk went. About her. We need to put that on the docket. I know, but they that. went to high school together. And they were both in band. My brother was a drum major his senior year, but in band all four years. So I had been around her quite a bit. And, like, exactly who she was on the screen, like, sweet as pie, family-oriented, goof, like, kind of funny, but, like, mature also, that's her in real life. And even, like, she had did something and got excited. And I was like, that's the maximum level of her excitement. Like, she could win a million dollars, and her voice is still going to... She's not going to be like, ah! Like, that's just not who she is as a person. Oh, okay. And when that's she cool. started singing... Yo, I cried. I cried, I cried, I cried. <laughs> and I was like... And then next thing you know, I'm sitting in the kitchen singing. I'm just like, oh, yes, Jesus loves me. <laughs> it was so dope just to see people that I knew. Like, my um classmate from when I was in uh, Art Institute, her... Three children have a singing group. All of them were in the show. They didn't make like the um like the the yeah. The cuts, the stories. But they're throughout the show because they're sitting beside the people. Like one of the girls was singing and they really pan on um Imani and she's sitting there crying and another girl holding her. And then the brother, I can't remember his name, is sitting beside I can't remember what dude he was sitting beside the whole time. And then the girl with, um, it's going to sound so hard, but I don't remember her name. The girl with one ear, the person sitting beside her is the other sister. So all three of them are sitting beside people who have storylines. So you see them in 45, 50% of the shots. Me too. I had, um, my godmom was in it, Hope, and, uh, my, one of my old coworkers, Brielle, she was on it and I just saw... This Saturday, this past Saturday, they had open Norfolk and some of the Voices of Fire were out there singing. And I know it was her and uh, I think the girl, Brittany, who had the tenor voice. Oh, my God. She was out there singing. And I think it was another girl um, named Gloria who was who was up there, too. And they didn't have 
those my friends didn't have you know big storylines, but mm-hmm. you could see them throughout the show too. Yeah, yeah. And I had um, a cousin in there that nobody like, noticed, <laughs> except for one of my co- aunts, uh-huh. because she's closer to that. I guess what is it when it's your grandparents' sibling? Well, I guess it would be a great cousin okay. if you said that way. So like her, her mom had an oldest daughter and then a set of fraternal twins, just like my mom did. And I'm a year older than her, and then the other set of twins are a year under my sister, and my brother. But she was in it too, and my aunt, my mom watched it and didn't even notice her, and I actually showed her singing. Yeah, I got a couple. Um, well, I had a rookie brother that was in it that I marched with at Norfolk State. He was uh, the light skinned one with the dreads, Cameron Blue. Um, you've probably seen you've him. seen him pretty, I did. plenty of times. Was probably. he friends with Max? I don't because I kept looking at him. I kept looking and I was like, I know this guy, but I don't know this guy. Mm-hmm. That, I wonder if that was the light skinned dude that Max used to be with all the time because they it favor. Might... But I don't remember him having locks. And this didn't look like he had locks for a long time. He didn't have them for a couple years. But granted, I back in like yeah, he got them in like 2010, but they were like baby locks. But he didn't. He been growing them locks for years. Yeah, I kept looking. I was like, I know this dude, but He's I don't familiar. know this dude. Yeah. And the guy, Marcus, we didn't know each other, but we went to PA together. So I was like, I was in chorus all the five minutes. He <laughs> was, was a pretty tall dude that um they kept having sing against our boy that he kept oh messing with. Oh my God. I know who you're talking about. The uh, the uh, tall chocolate guy. No, he's nice. not dark skinned. No, not that. Okay. I, I he's like not dark skinned, but he like... Brown skin or whatever, he had like a beard or whatever, but he kept singing. Like, he would have old dudes singing, then after him, he'd have dudes singing. I knew him, I know his wife because they used to. Well, he used to go to North State too. He was in the uh, singing group, yeah. No, 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 no. not the real estate guy who was in the singing group that Gerald LaVert put together. Oh, no, 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 not him, but um, he kind of heavy, he kind of heavy set, but oh, the short um, guy with the blonde tips. All right, I'm, I'm but I know him too, though. I know him too, though. Um, but like a lot of them dudes went to North State, and they used to sing in the choir in North State, though. Um, I don't know. It's just a lot of people that went to North State. And the dude that they didn't pick, who was the final two, dude, Damien. the heavy set uh, guy with the dreads, he, I've seen I him sing his at so many different churches, like church services. He'd be there, like. They didn't he's understand known his story. around. He went around. You could tell city. that he been through a lot. You could tell just like how. You but like it. he's one of those singers who stands and they get in a zone and they voice just. just they don't physically like... have to do much because all the emotion comes out when they get into the zone. I think yeah. they were looking for a little bit more of a showman than what he is. Yeah, especially if you're gonna be behind somebody like for real, you gotta have some type of showmanship. True. So, I think I was more excited because it's like. This is Virginia. Like, right. this is Virginia. This church, wherever, is up the street from my house. Mm-hmm. These are people that I know. Mm-hmm. Right, because it's like, this, you don't see stuff like that here. Right, and that's what they kept saying. Like, a lot of people don't understand how much, like, there really is something in the water. Because there are a lot of talented. A lot of great. And yeah. not just music. <laughs> art I was just telling Brittany that, yeah. like, coming from Michigan, because we got a huge music scene up there, so. Because you're next to Detroit. But just being from there, we got a huge music scene. But then coming down here, I done been in different places before. But you got like your normal staple music places like Nashville, Memphis, uh, Georgia. Atlanta. We ain't one of them. I feel when like you come we could here though. Be like, we could be. But I can't even met all these different singers, these good piano players, and these people that's done, done arranged stuff for major things. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's done did major things, but you just don't know. 
And I was just like, man, there's like, a lot of good talent down there. I feel like the closest we had, but kind of ruined a particular person and ruined the relationship was with Teddy Riley. Like, Teddy yeah. Riley really came down and wanted to take Virginia under his wing. Mm-hmm. And then he, um, I forgot what, uh, it's called Greed. Greet money, dirty money, something on MSNBC. But basically, this guy got him in a bad, um, a deal, a bad deal as far as real estate was concerned. And then, like, a lot of not major politicians, but people who was like on different boards and stuff around the city, they were pulling him in so many different ways. I guess because we never had a huge music name like that who like was actually a mover shit. and a shaker when this stuff was happening that he just felt like he had given the city all all that he could without giving them everything. Right. So mm-hmm. he decided to leave. Yeah, my mom and my cousins, because my Me mom, either. Brittany's in the group chat with my family. And they were like, I know y'all know somebody down there. Who y'all know <laughs> down there? Because I don't, and they all kept posting, y'all gotta watch this show. Voices on fire. And me and Brittany knew about it, but we was just like, we gonna wait, we gonna wait, we gonna wait. And everybody kept asking us, who we know, who y'all know, who y'all know. I know y'all know somebody in there. Well, it's like, season two coming. I was like, yeah, yeah that's what my person, um, brother person, told me. Person, my brother told me that um, that Danley had mentioned it because she was like, they gonna highlight other people in the um, choir. in the choir now that they've actually narrowed down I who those it. people are. That's yeah. good. That's good. Because there's some personalities on there. Because yeah. Cameron is a personality. Yeah, and even the siblings. Like when you hear their harmonies. Yeah, they yes. harmonies be so tight with just the three of them, and they all have distinct voices. But it's literally like listening to like SWV without music. I want to see the older lady and her daughter all together. Yes. That when I tell That's you, I Bruce see. was about I to give it. a tie to the Oh my I God. was so here for that. I uh, want to like, see this them. is old school, down home, <laughs> wood yes. floor, no uh, drum. No drummer, just a piano and a uh, stork and a damn wash rate. Because <laughs> they say, oh, oh listen, when that, her mom first positioned her lips, yes. I was she like, big oh, I said, oh, she's about to sing, sing. Yes, yes, yes. Like, yes. she's going to give us like Maddie Clark. And then her daughter came, and you just know her daughter done been through some shit. Yeah. She already had that story. Her hair was wild, kind of. I was just like, and when oh, she, she said, to tear it up. I was just going to. See her to... walking in the room. She was she just had an like, aura. She had a presence. You could, yeah, you could she just feel it. She was, and she was, I feel like she was in the Damn mind man, of, graceful. I know my <laughs> gift, and I'm going to claim my moment. Mm-hmm. Because if you remember, her backstory was, she I got chose to be in a group, but mm-hmm. because of my spiritual background and my mother, basically, like, I did not, I was scared mm-hmm. to live out my dream. But how many times do opportunities to do this come knocking in your lifetime? And not, this is the second, second time. time. Oh, I'm going to take it. Listen, I'm she gonna won't take it. Oh, play with none of y'all. I go to whatever church she at. <laughs> she Who won't play with none of y'all. It's between her and the girl with the tenor voice. Yes. Oh yeah. I was favorites. so mad that I did not get to see her sing on Saturday, this past Saturday. I had oh, just okay. I had just missed her and I was like it was like she's right there, you can take a picture. I was like, look, I ain't gonna be no groupie, so I'm gonna just fall <laughs> back. But I will purchase something from, you know, right. somebody in the group and I'm gonna just chill. What was so funny was like you can tell how I like when people who sing dote on other people who sing. 
the way um Miss Peggy Britt was like instantly went into auntie mode with her when she was like, You say I can't one more time, I'm punch you in your throat. Yes. <laughs> I was like, This is it. Cause it's like, girl, you out here with the gift. It's not I mean, a lot of women who can sing like contralto from top to bottom like anymore. Butter, and she know. was doing it so like holding the mic just like and I was just like girl do you not realize what you're doing right and you did it so effortlessly and I feel like a lot of people who aren't like who don't play instruments or aren't like classically trained myself included don't realize what you're doing ain't easy right when it just comes to you you easy and then you do it and somebody will like that's how I feel about fucking Duran Bernard oh he's unfair oh I love that motherfucker his existence is unfair it's so unfair. Unfair. This nigga. Oh. <laughs> I got to put you, you on some of his. No, I told her I was going to send her some stuff. But when I tell uh, you. Him and my brother are like best friends. but Background for fuck. Erica Badu. But before that, I don't know how I found him. I think I told you about him. We were playing. You know how we just be playing. I think Vic I had seen before. him before. You've probably seen him before. At Taco Tuesdays. We were playing and videos, and I had played was. Pretty Wings that he had did in his basement one time. You were like, oh, I think I seen him on, uh, what's the name? On Taco Mackie. Tuesdays, yeah. And I was like, yeah, he be on there all the time. And then we saw him on BET. Yes, and I couldn't watch that show. For but he was the life of that show. He was the life of that show. He was on, what was the show on BET, Bruce? I can't remember that show. It had uh, Chris Brown's old manager. Was it Fatty Cool? No, it won't no daggone <laughs> making a Fatty Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, making a fatty coup. This was two a year ago. I remember this shit. It was, it was supposed one. to be like making a band. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know about that one. Jesus Christ. But it was the band was fatty coup. That was funny. Let's do our BET update. BET change this shit. All right, we're done. But I thought he was about to drop something. But when I tell you, Duran, he. He's like Britney. He's unfair. Like the, the He's probably Britney. one of the best singers I've ever heard in my and life. And can sing anything. 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 Oh, I, wish. I wish. Like can sing. And, and he up plays. And down and up and down. It's just something down. about hearing a man. I don't know what it is for me just to hear a man be able to sing and just go up there like that. Just, I feel like, I feel like, like his his the pretty wings that we crazy, listened to at first. You said what now? Who was the pretty wings that we listened Brandon to? Brandon Hines. Yes. His voice is is not like Brandon Hines, but the way Brandon Hines moves back and forth from false to natural to law register, yeah. he, Duran has perfected and this that. Is, and it's Brandon Hines. The funny part about it, 10. and this is why I love Duran so much right now, because BT low-key made his career pop. Because my brother said it a long time ago. Like, when my brother used to record They don't know him, what to do with him. He does it, and he's playing. Like, he's so good at it that That's he's just playing around. That's why I it's unfair. But he sounds like an angel, and he's just playing. He's like, But that's when you sound the best runs when you and playing. shit. And he's just playing around. And my and brother was like... EP. Oh, the EP songs on his EP are list If... If Erica Badu's Tyrone That wasn't EP, that was an album. Well, yes. If Erica Badu's Tyrone was like a conceptual album, like the storytelling It's of almost it. Ari Lennox-esque how he told the stories in there. Yeah, it's it's But the thing is, my brother said that. that he would never probably make it because they don't know what to do with him 
label wise. Oh, he would okay. have to be independent. And then the show on BET came out, and he was such a fucking personality that his followers just went. Because he was the best personality on BET mm-hmm. since What that show down. was that? I can't is, remember what okay, it was called. Okay, let me Google it. I can't it. remember what it was called. Because it was literally like... Was it like a competition show? It was a competition yes. show. They were trying okay. to come out with a new artist. Who was the main guy on there? Was it Diddy? Dame yeah, Dash. Dame Dash. Was it one of them, uh, who the boss of, be the boss No, of? that was T.I. That was T.I., yeah. I remember Dame Dash, but I cannot remember the name of the show. Because whatever it was, he had some corny ass The next name. big thing. Next big thing. What a name. It was <laughs> Anyway. BT just can't get they it can't right. They can't get it right. They BT, need me. if this ever makes they this need to your us. ears, hire me. Make yourself a but, lifestyle but I channel. Feel like, I feel like this. I feel like they don't want to. They don't. They don't because the pieces are there. All you got to do is take all of the channels that black people love, that black people are not on, and get shows. A cooking show. A house for Get picture. people from freaking YouTube. YouTube yeah. Because my YouTube, thing right. is, they probably could have brought a following back if they would have got Issa. Right. From the beginning. Right. From, right from the jump. Right. Instead right. of having but her. You know, they, was to show show they, but they, they make shit look so cheap. And yes. they did, um, they need to get, uh, what's my girl? Movie. Dion. Uh, Nima and all them. Yes. Yeah, not even Nima. Um, you talking about Dion? Um, I can't think her name. Nate, Nadine, uh, not Nadine, but uh, is it black fuck. and sexy? Yes, uh, I know that, what you're talking about. That guy, but the girl who played Dion the is the writer. writer, and it just breaks my heart that she was at she her break. So much talent. She was so close because she was cast as a staff writer on season two of Love Is. And then the whole scandal came out. What happened? What happened? I was wondering what... That show was so good, wasn't it? It was. It was and so I was falling in good. love with, uh, what's the face? It was so good. And I just loved him from YouTube. So too, the girl so. from... Will Callis? Will. Yes. So the girl who wrote uh, the show that he was on got hired as a staff writer for the second season. And she never talked about it until the show... Um, was officially canceled. And then she showed pictures of like the door with her she name on it. it and it was just uh, And she's such a great such a great writer. writer. That would have pissed me Crazy. off. Like she became like a, a high I'll tell you at, what happened off air because I don't want to perpetuate the story <sighs> and shit. Just... It was such a great show. Yeah. But, but yeah Duran Bernard. We going we gotta we gotta introduce you to him because yeah. that motherfucker is probably one of the best singers I ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like yeah, I need somebody because uh, um, outside of Tank and Sammy, because his music is different though. His music is different, but it's good. It though. gives it's, good, it's feel good. You like that too. I'm about it's to say good. you're gonna like it because you like clever music. He's clever. His pen and he's is really very good. like I said. He's if Tyrone, the style of Erica Badu singing that song was a whole album, it would be what his. Exactly. Um, all right, let's go ahead and talk about Dave Chappelle and Kevin Hart. Let's get on. Uh, I thought you were gonna skip Nate. Nate is the end. Okay. Oh he god, because the nigga into his damn career, damn near. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So who first, Kevin or Dave? Let's talk about Dave first, and then we'll segue into Kevin. I was thinking the other way around. All right, let's do Kevin and segue into Dave. Dave is a more serious topic. Yeah. Kevin, on the other hand. This is what it boils down to, in my opinion. All right, so Kevin Hart came out with a goddamn stand-up, a new stand-up. We're in good time, baby. Okay. We just had an hour. This is oh, okay, cool. Because uh, we got back to our longer, because they need it. Mm-hmm. Um, Kev Hart just came out with a new sta- uh, stand-up, 
And we did we watch it? I watched it. He said, did we watch it? You didn't watch it. Because you I turned it off it. when I left. I watched the majority of it though. Oh, you did? Yeah. How long was it? It wasn't that long. Oh. I watched the majority of it. Okay. And it was the standard Kevin Hart fucking um stand-up. Kevin Hart stand-ups. Listen to me, people. Even Laugh at My Pain wasn't even funny to me when it was all right, all right, all right. You're going to learn today. Give you this long dick. What all that shit? That shit wasn't funny to me. The funniest part in that stand, and that was the one that everybody thought was funny. That was the one that blew his ass, like really, really blew him up. Mm-hmm. The funniest joke in that shit was Bum Bump. And that shit was only funny because I needed to laugh at something. <laughs> that shit had me weak. So, I, ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I needed to laugh. I remember that, and everybody was saying, all right, all right, all right. Mm hmm. I did not correlate that with Kevin Hart. Mm-hmm. And y'all gonna laugh when I tell y'all who I who it first pops up in my head. My Matthew McConaughey. Oh yeah. You remember the movie that he all was right, in? Right, he was all right, all right, all right. All right, all right. Yeah. And literally he did it years before that stand-up. And then when Kevin said it and everybody thought it was funny, I was like, but we don't remember when Matthew no, McConaughey. No, because Matthew McConaughey is white. He finds we know. Listen, me and they just had a conversation. But I, the only stand-up I remember <laughs> laughing at is, you know the dude that Kevin Hart said set him up? Uh-huh. You what com- Whatever stand-up he was in the beginning of. Oh, you're talking about when you called him a lab-ass bitch? Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> Local ass as, bitch. Uh-huh. That was a funny one. That so, was, um, that was I a more recent one, though. that was funny. The one but, that was a little funny grown man, whatever the fuck it was. Not I'm a little no, grown laugh man. At, no, laugh at my pain was the funny one. No. Whatever the one it was that came out when I was in college, it had a green DVD box. I don't know. But I don't laugh even remember me. any jokes from that show. I remember laughing. Shaq, that shit had me weak. Laughing my tail off. But I don't remember any jokes. And the only reason I remember that is because. I was dating this guy at this time, and I had been crying all week because that was the same week my Aunt Barbara passed away. And I remember, like, I was at your house one day, and then when I left your house, he came and got me, and he was like, we're definitely going to go see Kevin Hart stand up special. Like, you need some joy in your life right now. Seriously funny. That's the one. Oh. That one was funny as fuck because he was talking about. I ain't saying none of them was funny. Uh, something, something. He was like, "You gonna make fun of me in front of my friends?" That shit was funny. Long titty, no nipple. That shit that was, funny was as never fuck. funny that to me. Was but I don't like. Well, you know what kind of comedy I like. Clever comedy. I like Dear Hughley. I used to show her shit. I like she Eddie Griffin. For a long time. Even when we go, do I laugh when we go to the Funny Bone? Yeah, but it got to be a specific type of comedy. To who? You laughed at Corey Holcomb. Corey Holcomb, yes. Because like Corey Holcomb sits on Corey the stool and crazy, just crazy, bro. Crowd interaction. You is like hilarious. people who crowd interact. Yeah, and like who's off the cuff and people. Carlos Miller, you laughed at him. Like but Carlos he didn't Miller. really do comedy. It was just literally you like, like Bruce Bruce. Yes, Bruce Bruce is funny. Bruce but Bruce I think I just like old school. I like old school comics too. maybe. Like when we went and saw Eddie Griffin and they, and uh. George Lopez and Cedric the Entertainer. Like, Cedric the Entertainer is hilarious to me. But it's, I just don't, I'm not into like raunchy, yo, long titty, no nipple. Like, yeah. that's not funny to me. 
Like, that to me... I at Eddie Murphy. I was like, oh, she broke it. That to me sounds like <laughs> we was broken. in... That is my favorite comedian of all time. When we were in high school in the cafeteria, doesn't that sound like something a Healy dude would say? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it just sounded like something that people around me would say, like... You like uh, Mike Epps. Mike Epps is... But those are just funny Mike Epps, people. Right. And it's not even that's sometimes not even jokes. That's just funny people. It's his mannerism yeah. sometimes to me. Yeah. And not all his jokes come- land. Yes, me. I think maybe it's because um, you like. Damn, I just lost my train of thought. But I'm think it's like some people try too hard to be funny mm-hmm. and didn't. Kevin Hart come tries too hard to be funny. Funny. The thing like, is with Kevin Hart, the reason I'm gonna tell y'all the reason why me personally I don't like Kevin Hart stand up. I like his movies. It's a difference. I like him as an actor. Right. I saw Kevin Hart originally from his come up. Soul Plane? I saw him in movies. Even before Soul Plane. Oh, with Paper, Paper, Paper Soldiers. Uh, soldiers. You know, all that shit. He was in, um, I saw him Usher in movies. Movie in the mix. In the mix. Mm-hmm. Right. I yeah, see him in all these damn the movies. Mix. And those movies wasn't really funny. He was never a funny person to me. Then he started doing his little stand-ups and they started airing him. When he was hired for comedy, Comic View, I didn't think he was funny. Then he started doing his shows and shit. I didn't think he was funny. I never thought this nigga was funny. So did any black people think he was funny? Or was he a white people funny type of person? No. Black folks thought he was funny, but you know how black folks is. And this is what we got on here. People build you up to tear you the fuck down. It was that one comic special that he hit hard with, which was Laugh at My Pain. That was the all right, all right, all right, and all that shit. And, and you just a, a round piece of cheese or some shit. You some shit. He was like, you just a piece of cheese with the corners off of it, some shit like that. Niggas love that damn stand up, and that's what hit and it catapulted his fucking career. Cause he had white folks and he had black folks. That's what makes you mad. Like once you get the white folks in, you know. Yeah, you're you crossover now. And then I also feel he's like he's white people funny now. He talked about on the Breakfast Club in one of his interviews that people would tell him like, "This is oversaturation of the market. Like you're around too much. You're in commercials. You're in movies with the Rock. Yeah, that too. Minutes. You're oversaturating you're, the market. But my whole mindset is. I don't know if I agree with oversaturating the market because at kind some point you have to hit a pinnacle, right? And then you know it's gonna come down. You might coast down. You might come so crashing. Get your, you get your money while they cutting checks. I ain't mad at you, black man. Joe Budden said it the best. Joe Budden had his uh, they they broke it down the best way. At this point in his career, he don't need to be doing stand up and jokes no more. Facts. You need to do stories. <laughs> it's a difference. Once you make that, once you hit that apex of co- comedy, mm-hmm. that shit ain't no longer jokes anymore. You're fucking telling stories. Chris Rock does it. Motherfucker Eddie Griffin does it. Dave Chappelle Dave does Chappelle it. Dave Chappelle does it. Right. And that's all he does now. Like Cat William does it. Now. It ain't even that. It's like you don't have to be funny no more. Because everybody's going to be tells... waiting on your every word now. You made it that from the dancing cousin at the cookout you don't have to, show to the no uncle. Wow. Who telling wisdom. the story? Exactly. Like you, Uncle Larry, at this point. Right. If you you're can, gonna do stand up, right. do it at the little hole in the wall joints. But when yeah. you come out with specials, you're talking. You're literally having a monologue. It's damn near a monologue. Yeah. And I feel like with the era that we're in, that's the type of even comedy with that him into. being out from when it was like you can have titty, uh, titty jokes and it be funny. But right now we're 
people are too educated. It's in- introspective. We like people are right. People are too educated. Too much serious stuff is going on in the mm-hmm. world where your jokes need to be on a we on a more hit. intellectual yeah. level. And that's Make why we respect. Why you telling me a joke? That's why we respect Dave Chappelle so much. Because to be honest, Dave Chappelle was a white comedian in my opinion when he I back in the really day. think so. He really was. I really really. But when he came that. back, now he's a black comedian again. Like. Back when, like, Killing Them Softly and all that shit came mm-hmm. out, back in, like, the early 2000s when we was in high school, he was a white comedian. They used to clap instead of laugh. That's how you know you're a white comedian when they fucking clap. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> all right! Instead of laughing. Because they can't fucking laugh because you ain't saying shit funny. Like, hold on, I got that joke. You know what the fuck I'm talking about when they clap and shit. White folks get that shit all the time. Woo! All right! Yeah! <laughs> Nigga, if you're Stop funny, you're gonna be you're gonna be ear. like falling on the fucking flow, holding your side and shit. That's how I am with Bruce Bruce, but that's different. Dave I Chappelle, don't like that with nobody. I'm just like, oh, that's cool, that's funny. Uh. I feel like it's Eddie Griffin can make me laugh like, like that. Bruce Bruce can make me laugh like that. Cedric the Entertainer can make me laugh like that, but I feel like with Cedric the Entertainer and people like Eddie Griffin, Those it's different because like, and they also have kind of a theatrical element to the way they tell jokes. They remind you of people in your life. That's really right. what it is. That's like Mike Epps too. And that's what I said. You, you graduated to from the cousin is dancing you you unk status Go ahead now. Do that dance. Like, right. Like, but, and now I you you the one sitting under the tree man in the grill with the beer leaning over talking Cigarette about, talking about, talking about, about yeah, look at that yeah, ugly yeah, girl. This is just her boy over here. He should have bought the last one. I like like that damn lady ain't gonna make it in the door. Right. Shit like that. Yeah. And it's just it's just and like I said, it's a different time where jokes like that have to either be so specific to where your brand of people get it, but you're on a worldwide scale that you have to now broaden your funny or stick with your niche audience. Cause I think of people like the 85 South show. Yeah. Like they're funny to me, but because they have a specific brand of comedy. If you're going to do comedy right about now, black comedy, especially if you're at that apex. Why do I look like Meek Mills? You got to do hole in the wall joints. And then if you coming on these different shows and shit, like at this point, people just want to hear Dave Chappelle talk. People just want to hear Cat Williams now. talk. People just want to hear these niggas talk. Right. Chris Rock Because it's talk. like they don't try. They just and are. Their yes. life is so out in the open now. You want to hear what the fuck happened when this happened. You know what I'm saying? Right. That should be their comedy is... Making jokes about what happened when this shit happened. What happened when you broke up, when you got the divorce with your wife. What was funny about, you know what I'm saying, um, say for instance with Azalea Banks and Dave Chappelle, he talked about that shit and made oh, a joke yeah, out of that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and think about with Kevin Hart, when he did his special, when Kevin Hart did that special about his family and all that shit, uh-huh. that was good. But it, was a, it wasn't stand-up. That's cool. That's what your ass need to be making. <laughs> That's what you need to be making. Because everybody was here for that. Nobody had nothing bad to say about that. But I also feel like you transition into... You're transcended. Like, you need to take the Jay-Z approach to comedy. So, he moved into the... Um, from the braggadocious like the, to... No, but his lifestyle went from drug dealing to being a rapper to owning a record label, to getting married, to making business deals, like coming up with his own streaming service. Now he's trying like, to write the blueprint. He can't legitly. He can't rap about 
when I was on the block and my ice. Like, he has to rap about the things that are happening in his life now in a certain way that it's mature. You can't be telling the same type of jokes you told when you was on the come up because your life is different. And like, you can't relate to that because you're not there no more. Right. And then you get labeled as inauthentic and pandering. Yeah. But I will say this though. Comedians have been telling us that Kevin Hart ain't funny for a long time. Oh, a lot of them did. And And niggas just thought, I agree. This is legit. Like he's not, he's not my style of funny. I'm indifferent. Cause I, like I said, I watch you in the movie. But I ain't watching no specials because I'm like, uh, my attention span ain't that long to be right. watching the whole thing for me. <laughs> it's just not. And evidently mine's not that night either. So, talking about Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle came out with a special. That's the thing. That's how I watched you knew your I shit wasn't him. good because Dave Chappelle come out with fucking 18 minutes of fucking show and we talk about that more than we talk about your whole goddamn stand-up. Ooh. Damn. Sorry. See or no? See, but dang, you ain't had to tell I'm like that. I'm just saying. Okay. I'm just how saying. Rude. That's how you know you're damn. <laughs> nah, rude. That's how you know your shit ain't popping. Like, change it up, man. Like, literally. We don't want applause comedy. We want laughing comedy. And we don't even need laughing comedy. If you come out there and say something serious about how this 2020 is affecting you, we'll take that serious and we'll appreciate that. Right. We take it from goddamn chain-smoking Dave, At and this- they come out there and smoke a whole pack of cigarettes, <laughs> and then leave. At and we'll this be fine. point... Your stand-up just really need to be a podcast. Don't he got a podcast? It needs to mature. It needs to grow up. It just needs to grow up. He does. So maybe he He tried his jokes out there and his people, you know, podcasts, they can't, you know. You can't give live feedback. He need to get on my advantage. He can't do lunch table comedy anymore. No. You're grown, grown now. You didn't Even at the lunch table, I was over it. But Right. Well, we was letting you pass, but now, nigga, like, all right, we over it. Yeah. Too much, like we're we want something introspective. Talk about your wife and kids. Now, granted, he do, but I don't want these little funky ass jokes about your wife and kids. I want something serious. Like I want some gems, some knowledge. Has he ever made any jokes about like his wife meeting Tori? I don't think See, so. now that would be good. That'd be so like I feel like that's the type of stuff that even when Chris Rock did his the hard uh, hitting shit. When Chris Rock did his latest special on um, what you call him? He talked about like tambourine. getting divorced, and mm-hmm. was it the tambourine or the triangle? It was tambourine. Oh yeah, because he his basically joke was like, "You in the band, but you playing a tambourine? Like you know, <laughs> real band member." And the, however he set it up, it made you like. By the time he got to the tambourine punchline, it was like, it was funny, but it was also a realization like, Man, oh, damn, like, like that's some real I can shit. definitely see the analogy. It it's makes the same sense. thing Dave Chappelle does. This yeah. nigga literally talked about a topic and wrapped that shit up in 18 minutes and we was like, damn. You know what I'm saying? And what was funny was he started, well, it wasn't even two jokes. He did two, I'll say bits, and then talked about what he really wanted to talk about. But he made the bits funny so that yeah. by the time he got to the serious stuff, you already like hooked on to It's a story, saying. man. Mm-hmm. We want to hear stories. So about the that's really what com- that's what comedy is really about. Like think well, about true. it. Going back to my granddad, like it wasn't the fact that this nigga had like funny ass jokes. It was the fact that he told a story and made that shit funny. It's a difference, right? Like that's why even the um what is it, twins something the two boys that I was watching who they go back and they do re- they're like twenty two and they're twins but they go and they watch like 
videos from the 80s, whatever you suggest for them to watch. And they watch um, Brand New Matt Milk and Cookies bit. And he was just like, bro, just the fact like, he ain't even really telling a joke joke where it's a setup punchline, whatever. He's just telling you like, I adopted my daughter's kids Mm -hmm. and the two-year-old wanted some milk and cookies and was scared to come get it. So he so she sent the brother. Like that's the the joke, but it's not a joke. It's a story, and the way that he life story. makes them characters. And I'm just telling you funny. I'm telling it funny. Right, makes sense. But it's a real life story. It's like, kids do that. My yeah. kids do that. I got like, family that do that. And you were a kid scared to go do something like. Can you, can hey, if you go ask, can you ask my mama? Can I stay tonight? <laughs> can I can I spend a night over here tonight? Right. Everybody so can relate to certain like stuff like that, even though it's not the exact same thing that you went through. It was close. So Dave Chappelle special. Go ahead and break it down, babe. <laughs> Come on. It just, just it gives face. me a headache. Just, just her face, about and it. then just your face, and I'm just like. I kind of got a little bit of it already in the car, and I was just like, oh, oh, so anywho, <laughs> Dave Chappelle released a special, I guess, a piece of body of work that was 18 minutes long. It comp- it was compromised or comprised. That's the word I'm looking at. That drink really got me. It was comprised of two parts. I'm drinking water. No, before that, I put a little oh, bit more Jesus. in mind than I put in teas. But um, he was basically talking about, like, he set up two stories to basically say how he feels like the people around him in Hollywood were in cahoots to, what's the word I'm looking for? Still, I guess. To steal his uh, creative integrity? or I don't know if that's the I guess his vision. Basically, what he said was he signed a deal that he shouldn't have signed. That the people that he hired to protect him they got over. weren't really hired to protect him because all the players in the game know each other. That's why you gotta do your own research and find your own people. Well, this less because this was our argument. Me and Brittany had a not necessarily an argument, but this was our debate about it. Because Brittany was like, "I don't see no wrong here." Oh well. <laughs> that's why you have the right people around. <laughs> oh just, my god! She basically said, said just that just like that. But just okay. the face you made was just like. Low key did though. I just said what Dave Chappelle said. What they did was not illegal. Morally. Morally, yeah. Depending on your morals. Well, we know from where we come from. White people like you just don't. You just don't sit like the reason why intellectual property is so important is to maintain. Not even so important. Why they have IP laws. Is because intellectual property holds value in the United States. So if I swindle you into handing me over your IP, then I feel like that's jacked up. But also, I don't have to give you my IP just because you asked me for it. Granted, I'm not going to have the same opportunities that I would have have I given it to you. But it's all about the price that you're willing to pay for what you want. So let's go back. Let's go back. So we have this discussion all the time. So this is actually really, really good because we talk about our parents parenting us and knowing if they would have known what we know now, raising us, what would have been different? It's the same way with Dave Chappelle. Even though he was 29 years old at the time or whatever age he was at the time when Mm -hmm. he signed that shit away, 
the thing is, he only knew what he knew at the time. And he didn't know shit. Right. And he didn't have people around him that was intelligent enough to let him know how important these things were. Right. So we have the luxury of luxury. I can't get it. Luxury. Luxury of understanding the importance of this now because of social media, because of just information in general. Mm -hmm. But just think about our parents. Our parents would have made that same mistake at that same age. Our parents might make that same mistake today. Well, no. But <laughs> let's say 20 years ago when it happened. Mm -hmm. Or 10 years ago when it happened. Well, 20 years. Our parents probably would have made that same mistake 20 years ago. Maybe. If there's a $50 million check attached to it. Because at that time, we're just thinking about what we can do to change our life at the time. Not understanding that shit like this is transcending. Why do they want me to sign this and just offer me 50 what is this really going to bring to them if they're offering me this much? Those are things that you got to think about when you're about to sign away something like that. But you got to understand that we know that now because of stories like his. Go ahead, T. Okay. I hear it. So I, I get what you're saying, but it kind of makes me think, like you said, he, he probably needed somebody around him because it puts me in the mind state of Jason Weaver when they tried to right. offer him right. that money. His right. mama was like, no, y'all want to give me all this money for this. And give me then, right. And now Lion King is one of the most classic. And he ain't got to ever work again. He, he don't. He worked because he want to. He don't have to. And if, Think about this, though. How old was Jason Weaver at the time? He was he was a, a kid. Right. So he and had somebody looking out for him. He had his mother there to oversee this. But, Dave Chappelle was a father, a struggling father. Been doing, sure. been doing comedy all his life and the shit never popped. He'd been told no a million fucking times and this was his first yes. So you gonna jump at the first yes you get? Well, it probably... The thing is, is that if you've been getting a million no's... Like you said, you but it's 50, will. If 50 but million then, attached to it, you would jump... Well, it wasn't 50 million at that time I mean, attached to it. At, at any point, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. But then, you can't cry over spilled milk. You can't yeah. cry over spilled what? milk. Listen, hold on, hold on, become, hold on. You right, talked right. enough. You can't cry over spilled milk. And people always say, don't hate the player. Hate, hate the game. game. Like, exactly I can't, said. I can't come back and be like, what you, I can come back and be like, what you did was effed up. Can we have a chance to reconcile this? Because you know, and I know that what you did was wrong. But if they say no, you got to take the L. You got to dust your hands off and walk away and take the L. It was a contract. You signed it. You signed it. You want to know why Think, he don't listen, have to say no? Listen to Master P. He told y'all on the um, Seat at the Table album, if that white man going to give me a million dollars, what you think I'm worth? What do you think I'm worth? You delivered them your version of Saturday Night Live. Like, you got to be... People don't understand that it's called show business. Business. If you don't know business, then get some people outside of recommended people who are already in the business to tell you. That's rule number one. Anything. If somebody said, hey, I know X, Y, and Z. Let me introduce you. I know them. No. You can introduce me. I might sit down and talk with them, but I'm not going to use them as my main source of information. Right. Or my main source to be like, oh, I'm going to write this up because you're not looking out for my best interest. Because how many you're stories? for the interest of somebody else. How many stories do we got to hear? We done heard TLC. We done heard all these 
people, even like back in the 50s or whatever, like you already know that your first deal is going to be a shitty one. And that's when I brought Taylor Swift into the conversation. Signing over her first, what, six albums or five albums? That really? was dumb. Why don't you sign over the first three? I might it's give that. you. The, I might give you the first two. This is right, but I'm but saying, I'm not especially, the first three. especially if I'm contract. writing, I feel like a three is a standard but contract. You know Drake, I think Drake had his first five. I'm not giving you. That's five. a lot, bro. I'm not giving you five. Those are standard contracts. I don't even know what. I don't standard sign. D's, you ain't getting five by me. Okay, you this, might get three. Three. You is don't pushing. even sign a three-year lease to live in a place. That you know you probably won't move from. Yeah, but the thing y'all gotta understand is y'all saying this with y'all with y'all understanding, and this is something that I had an argument with somebody about years ago, and I know now that I was wrong in that argument because I was explaining to this guy that everybody has the same opportunity in life, even if you come from a poor background. Da 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 da. da. It is what it is. You got to make your own destiny and stuff like that. And he oh, looked at me like... He was a Republican bootstrap. Bro, I don't know what the fuck was wrong with me at the time. Because now that I'm thinking about it, I'm just like, I can't, believe, I can't believe that I felt like that. And he was looking at me like I was crazy. And we kind of bought Tupac into it at the same time when we were talking about it. But I'm not even going to get into all that. All I'm saying is, is that it's all about what you know. Because a, a lot of people have talent, but they don't have... Resources, the resources, or the understanding of the business behind them, and they don't have people behind them that know it as well. So, all right, I agree with what you're saying. He signed his shit over, then the IP of it, and he lost it, and it ain't shit that he can do about it. No, but I said he can go back and ask them, Can we renegotiate? He can go back and ask them, but you said that if they say no, then you just gotta wipe your hands clean. Up, what right? can you do after that? The can thing that somebody different. put a gun to their head, the thing that's different about Dave Chappelle than anybody else that you even said. Is the fact that Dave Chappelle has a lot of power now. That How makes much? Sense. So it's like, okay, if I can't get my money, then I can use my influence to make sure that don't nobody watch it. So it's something you could do, but it ain't gonna bring the fat back. That you more than a anything contract. is is that he's exposing them for being unmoral. And he has white people on his side. Is he really? Ex- but it ain't gonna change the fact that he still signed the contract. Right. The contract is still signed. But the thing is, he has leverage now. What he's banking on. He has leverage. What now. he's banking on is what he. In said, most cases, wouldn't be feasible with most people, but I think it's feasible with him. What he's banking on is what he said at the end of his standup. There are people who work at Viacom who weren't even there when this acquisition was made, when these documents were signed. Who are of a different down the first time. Wait, who are of a different thought? Maybe people in our generation, our age, 30 somethings, that we have a different moral, like we're indigo children. It's the it's the season of indigo children. We're a compassionate group of people. We're more logic, more open than a lot of previous generations. So what he's banking on is somebody having compassion and saying, what the people who used to run this did was wrong. And we will give you your stuff back or give you a high percentage or work out some kind of deal that both of us can agree on. I'm not mad at him for trying to go back and correct a mistake that he made when he was that age. But what I'm saying is I'm sick and tired of us, black people, getting into stuff and not doing the necessary research or thinking about just people in general, like even if you don't have a wealth of knowledge, it is general knowledge that your first deals are going to be crappy deals. Brittany, 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 Brittany. 
I understand that you're upset about it now, but the likelihood of that happening now is very, very slim. Niggas is still signing 360s. That's why your buttons was on them nigga asses. Hear me out, babe. Was he not? Hear me out. This is the reason why <laughs> we're the thing is, is that we're comparing we're comparing today's signing of a contract and people signing you got more independent people now than you did ever. Right, but you So the likelihood of that happening now compared to back then is different. We're talking about spilt milk right now. We're talking about Dave Chappelle is using a new power that's more powerful almost than anything the out people. Right now. Power the power to influence. the people. The power influence. Right. Which is people. Right. So the power of influence right now is what's going to, if anything happens, he's using the power of influence to try to change this situation. Right. The thing is, is that these big corporations, one thing that they don't like is bad publicity and they don't like um, bad situations around them. For instance, like the NFL, they didn't like the whole idea of kneeling and all that shit because it bought out white people who support them coming out in a negative way saying that they're not going to support it anymore. I understand. So when you lose support and when you lose viewership that and when you got somebody who is even saying that remotely, just that one show right there that they won't want watch that no more, you got extremists who believe in the power of influence who will go the whole route of going out and picketing in their goddamn <laughs> parking lot. You know what I'm saying? I understand that, and I'm not arguing with his use of that power. I think do I that think he's doing he the right should thing. wield it? Do yeah, I th- do I hand. think he's doing the right thing? Yes, we're arguing two different points. No, I'm not I understand what you're arguing about, you. but I'm saying you're crying about spilled milk at this point. But you're saying that he's crying about spilled milk, and I'm like, no, he's doing what he has to do right now. Is using the power of influence. I'm not saying that what he's doing is wrong, and like I said in the very beginning. I agree. Go get the shit that you created that you know is rightfully yours that they stole from you because you were ignorant to a certain situation. I mean, we could say but, the same thing about Nick Cannon. But what so I'm also y'all saying, I did say the same thing about Nick Cannon. So what I'm hearing you say, <laughs> just so I'm clear, is yeah, you should. He didn't know any better. He's not a shitty contract. Right. Business is business. He fucked up. But now that he knows what is wrong, he's trying to correct the situation by like, look, I'm going to use my influence to get what's rightfully mine. Right. And a force that, maybe it'll force their hand, then we can come to some comp- kind of compromise. Mm-hmm. But it ain't happened yet. So he just got to do what he got to do. Which is, he don't need it. He Let's don't need it. But it's a slap in the face to it's him. It's a principle. He said it makes him feel shitty. It's, okay, well, you're feeling, you should have felt shitty when you signed that first contract. No, the thing that makes him feel shitty is not the fact that the it's contract the show. is the, the fact that he fucked up on the contract, because he's over that now. I think That's why he walked away from the $50 million. He I was thought cool what, what makes him feel crappy is that this thing that I made who was the, that was supposed to be this thing, that when it got to the certain point, and he always talked about that laugh that made him feel uncomfortable, like where he had crossed the line. I feel like he's like, the show isn't what it doesn't. He's at a different point in his life it where doesn't it doesn't represent, represent what he stands for now. Is the the vibe that I'm getting from the conversation when he said Netflix took it down because it makes me feel bad. The show itself makes me feel bad. I don't think the show itself makes him feel bad. This is what makes him. That's feel not what bad. he said. That's what he said. I don't think that's what he said, Brittany. Okay. I think what he was saying was was when he first pitched the show to HBO, they laughed at him and said, "Why do we need you?" And oh, that then, made me feel like shit. then Comedy Central was the only people who greenlit it, but it was with that shitty contract of him giving up his universal proprietary, whatever the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. So what pissed him off and what makes him feel shitty is the fact that now 
Comedy Central is streaming it, and then HBO tried to stream it on HBO. Oh no, y'all, y'all, y'all. Um, that they know me. what the success of the show was, and know that people are gonna go back and watch it. No, he said that's what then makes I'm, him feel shitty. That would have made me feel shitty too. Like, no, y'all played me the first time. I'm like, no, y'all can't play my shit. Don't play my shit now that y'all know that I ain't got shit to do with it. When I tried to pitch it to y'all first. Yeah, that I would be mad about it. Like no. now, at this point, y'all niggas is just out here disrespecting me and using my shit like I'm just nobody. I am somebody, motherfucker. Like if like, anybody ain't gonna play the shit, the y'all chance. ain't gonna play my shit. At this point, just take the shit down from yeah. everywhere. That's what he's saying now. At this point, okay. Don't fucking play the show no more. Cause if I don't have nothing to do but with it, then I don't no want to see that shit. So, no more. so it's kind of like yeah. I feel you. I feel you, but if he can influence people not to watch that shit, then they'll you just take it down. You can influence them, yeah. Ain't and, nobody and, gonna put. They're not gonna put keep it up there if it ain't no getting to watch. And, and yeah, and you're right. So he, it's like he can still do what he <laughs> wants if he uses his influence the right, right way. So I'm just saying, fuck the show. I'm tired of niggas, black people. Rain it is fundamental. It's my kings and queens, not holding. On to shit that, that like the Nick Cannon situation when you brought that up, why would you? Okay, so is, are we talking wilding out, Nick? Like, yes. Why would you? Why would you create this show that saves a network and, and sell it, it off bit by bit? Oh hell no! Why would he should cap all of that because my thing is, if you could bring back Nickelodeon like you did and. Make them popping again. He's a damn why channel saver. He's saving right. goddamn. Like, why? What's the show just, with the the, 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 the smash and right had now? your own channel. Tyler Perry, whose show is on in the background right now, started at TBS, made those shows, licensed them to TBS. When he got done with TBS, he, he went to shit. own. And where do you watch the shows? You watch them on own. He still, went, like, yeah, you can still watch him on TBS. Right. But he can move and shake with his stuff. I'm going to let you keep that, but I still got to be able to go over here. It's the, the Aunt Viv. Aunt Viv said, hold on, y'all cutting my episodes, but then y'all also telling me I can't work anywhere else? You're starving me. Yeah, no. It's the same. It's like, at what point do we have we seen enough other people get cheated and we just I'm like, give we're going idea. into it blind. Like, I can't, you have to go get the information that you need. I understand, like, if you if you can make it in the rooms, like, I understand that you trust the wrong people. And you can go back it's now and do it. But I'm just like. like you can make it into the room. It's something about you that they want. It's a level of desperation. And that's what they I'm saying. And they play on decisions. your desperation, which I just want to tell black people, stop being so desperate. Like, let's take a minute to breathe. It ain't never going to be that bad. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Let's take a minute to breathe. Because if you're creative, yes, you can keep creating. And one thing Angel said on the podcast is, she was like, when I go pitch, I don't pitch them my best idea. No. I pitch them idea number two and three. Because number one, if that's my best idea, I don't know if I'm going to get a <sighs> I'm keeping that for me, but I do have other ideas that right. if you like those, we can do that. And then on the side, I'm going to do this. Like, you've watched enough. What was funny, though, is on the Dave Chappelle podcast, they said, but some of the motherfuckers need to take the deal because uh, that is what Yes, some of them. <laughs> you, but I'm saying they you might have be paying to... you more than what you were. You ain't got no talent, but take that deal. Right. But if it's like, I don't know. I just feel like certain people just us. We just need to take a breather when we get into rooms and situations like that and center ourselves and then go 
get multiple when you go to the doctor where they tell you get multiple uh opinions. opinions get different opinions go to different places go to a college where students might be just learning the law but like what do you know can i pick like you need to do a little bit of a little digging before you go into that room right people will tell you anything because they know you got to like all right she got the stars in her eyes what can i i can sell her this drink get what i need and she gonna still i own whatever she do I own whatever he do, and it ain't nothing you can do about it at the end of the day. Right. You don't want to be in that I mean, position. You got to get right. Or, right. <laughs> right. Or at the very least of it, I'm not taking my contract and just giving it to my lawyer. I need two copies. I need mm-hmm. to read it, too. Because even if I don't understand it, like, I never forget. That's how I know the word perpetuity. Because when I was looking into doing other stuff, and I saw that, I was like, what in the world does that mean? And then my dad was like, um... It means they can own it anywhere, and I was. And if you hear "own it anywhere," it just that really doesn't give you a clear understanding. When I looked it up, like if it's in, if Universal it's in Japan, they can own it in Japan. If we find life on Mars and they create a Viacom up there, they can own it on Mars. Like even if you don't know what it means and don't do the research, you can go to your lawyer and say, "Hey, what does perpetuity mean?" You can go to Google. You can go to a well, dictionary. But I'm saying, if we're gonna keep it in the context of where he was at that time, how yeah. many years ago, you have certain questions that you can ask your representative to your clarify, representative, or even the one you got inside, because his answer is gonna tell you. If it's not clear, or if he's stuttering around the answer. But the thing is, you—they're lawyers. They—they're trained. They learn how to. Not lie. a lawyer, right? So <laughs> it's like people like me, and I—and I would go in there and be like, okay, you know, all green and looking crazy in the face. It's like, okay, well, I'm trusting what you say because you—you you are my lawyer. You're supposed right. to be looking out for me. So it's like I can't—I can't go in there and hope that you're going to help me or you're going to look out for me. I'm going to have to go out, even if it's my mom, and be like, look, mom, do you know what this means? Right. Do this, do this make sense to you? And if it don't make sense to you, well, what about what you think about this? Because this don't sound right to me. I heard it before, but it don't sound right to me. Something about it don't feel right. Right. Why would you sound, sign something that don't feel right to you? But you, your feelings, I'm about to say, your feelings like, are looking at that dollar, the dollar amount. I just feel like you got to treat these niggas like the cops. They ain't your friends. Damn sure ain't. The cops ain't your friends. Something go missing in your house. Anybody that you give might, you a contract ain't your friend. You might yeah, call right. the cops, but you also know you got to have your hair on swivel. Cause, right, because the first thing about <laughs> contract, they ain't there to protect you. They protect, they're there to protect the other person. Right. Especially if they're the ones drawing up the contract. Exactly. You already got to know they're going to give you the crappy end of the Still deal. Best in, uh, they're they're like, oh, looking the best end of the mm-hmm. Go ahead and sign this for me. And that's what no, Kev said. He was like, when they went for the first deal when his boys was on awesomeness, they took the first deal. And later on, he found out nobody ever takes the first deal because it's the worst percentage-wise. He was like, oh, I was just happy to, I was happy to, be to have a deal. And then he also like learned from his mistakes when he said, Awesomeness TV said, hey, you can't create a kid's YouTube channel or you can't keep doing kids' videos because they're on our stuff now. And he was like, oh, okay. And then Awesomeness TV went away. And now the years that he could have built up a content to get his kids to a certain level, they don't even have that no more. So he was like, oh, lesson learned. Da, 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 da. Right. It's, it's that fool me once, shame on me. Right. It's like 
you get me the first time, you're not gonna do it again. You're not gonna do it the third time. But if you keep getting me, then your dumb ass just ain't ain't trying to go out there. Right. Goddamn, go for you don't know your <laughs> right. ass from the hole in the ground. <laughs> and like, then it's just like, like I said, I mean, I don't have to burn my hand and know that the stove is hot. Like I can watch you do. Boy, that. that's yeah. that's the and story of my life. It's like I can watch Man, you do not that. have to like, bump my head ever. Cause I've I can watch you bump your head. I've seen you bump your head. I can watch TLC sign a bad deal with Pebbles and be like, well. Let's not I be sign, I can watch anybody sign with Bad Boy shit. and realize this ain't for me. Listen, if, ain't shit. if Bad Boy ever offered me a record deal, I would <laughs> no, never. No, no, thank that. you. Exactly. <laughs> you gonna have me out here throwing refrigerators? Take your ass right to bankruptcy. That's where you're going. <laughs> exactly. It's gonna be like an episode of making a band. <laughs> That's what they said. The locks did. Shh. That they threw a refrigerator at him. Like, mm mm. <laughs> I said, oh, dang. So I hope it was a mini fridge. <laughs> so we actually got through the whole docket today. Yep. We did good. First. We did great. That's not a first. We've done that before. We ain't while. done it in a while. Been a while. I appreciate before. y'all having me. Thank oh, yeah. We appreciate on. you for being on. You know what I'm saying? We got to get my some sister perspective. next time. I know. Next time she over, we're just going to pull the table. And we got to get you back to talk about like dating and relationship stuff. More of the the How the sweet. lover part. How sweet. Cause we got to, We can talk about relationship. We're two women and a man. Okay. It don't have to be personal. Oh, okay. Just like, being oh, general. Just been out of the game. But we have stories. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm taking one for the team stories. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, Bruce, Bruce, Bruce. She had me taking some for the team, boy. It ain't Woo! got nothing to do with me, so I don't want to hear it. Shit. Tragic. Anyway, say about to the people, baby. <laughs> <laughs> No, we got to plug T's vlog. I keep trying to oh say my, vlog, my but vlogs are videos. Yes, I don't do videos. I stay off the camera. So tell them where they can find. I have a, um, a blog. It is called The Flower and Armor, and you can find that at theflowerandarmor.com. I am currently writing pieces about my life. I am writing... Um, there will be content for stories. There will be content about black-owned businesses. There are a few dedicated to women right, right now in the 757. Um, but you can find all of that at theflowerandarmor.com. And if you cannot find it there, you can find me on Instagram at smoothbeauty. Hey. All right. Don't forget to follow our socials. Homie Lover Friend Podcast on IG. And uh, homie love a friend without vowels on Twitter. On Twitter. Bye, y'all. All right, we out. I see you looking what you're looking at. Boy, you so late, get out the past. Watching me walk away, you want it back. I know, I know, yeah. I know, heard you been asking my friends about me, trying to see where I've been, trying to see you one week, trying to slide back on the slit, yeah, I know you mad and your feelings, yeah. you were sleeping on a cake, yeah, now I got you feeling sick, and you madder than a bitch, yeah, when you messed up, now you back like a boomerang, sorry to say But shit ain't the same. Uh -huh. Boy, you messed up. Now you back like a boomerang. A boomerang.